0: You're listening to Creative Confidential with Brian Tuck. Brian is an attorney who represents startups, nonprofits, arts organizations, and people who work in the creative industries. As an arts entrepreneur, Brian is the founder and CEO of Performing Arts Live, a Pennsylvania nonprofit corporation dedicated to creating and supporting live performance opportunities for jazz and electronic artists. Its flagship program is the Allentown Jazz Fest. Brian is a TEDx speaker, a Grammy voter, and jazz musician. Creative Confidential begins now.
1: This all started a very, very long time ago. It was 1982, and I was about 10 years old. There was a couch in the TV room in my mom's house in Fairless Hills. To me, it was more than a piece of furniture. At this time in my life, I realized that I liked to bang on things with sticks and rulers and pencils. Making a racket was fun. I would line the pillows up just so, and they would become tom-toms. The back of the couch would be where the cymbals were. And with two 12-inch rulers in my hands, the couch became a drum set, and I was hooked. I didn't even know what I was doing, really, other than knowing that I could be in a rock band in my mind. And it was awesome. Fortunately for me, I had a family member who was and is to this day a really good musician and a drummer, and he taught me the basics, how to hold the sticks properly, how to read music, and how to play all the basic rudiments, which are basic sticking combinations that a drummer can use for certain effects and certain rhythms. It grew from there. When I was 11, my mom bought me my first drum set, a second-hand blue Delight Ludwig kit. I was in heaven. That was the beginning of the longest and most durable relationship that I have to this day. Me, the sticks, and the drum set. We celebrated our 33rd anniversary together earlier this year. It wasn't just the joy I felt in making a racket, but there was something about the sensation of having a drumstick in my hand and striking an object and hearing that sound that really captivated me. In all of those years, playing the drums has never disappointed me. It has always been a source of comfort, a source of pride, and a source of achievement. And it made talking to girls a heck of a lot easier. Not as easy as guitar players have it, but you can't have it at all. Even to this day, after 33 years on the instrument, when I sit down behind the drums, and I raise my hand in the upstroke, and I turn my hand downward to begin the downstroke, and the stick follows down to that point of contact on the drum head, That sensation to me is still incredible. That contact causes the instrument to resonate, and that resonance creates a vibration in the air. At the moment when the audience receives those vibrations in the air, we're all connected. And I think that that is still the purest form of communication. My hands and feet are doing what my brain tells them to do. Without speaking, I can convey what's in my head to you without saying a word, and you can perceive what I'm saying almost instantaneously without either of us saying a thing. This is something that I knew deep down, but didn't realize the moment of bringing the stick to the drum head, that point of contact and the space that that creates. That's my juice. That's why I'm on the planet here. And I didn't always consciously know this until recently. And when I did realize that fact, I did something about it during your travels. You will meet people. In the earlier phases of your life, usually the first question posed to you centers on what your location or what your origin was. This is what people do. Upon meeting someone for the first time, you're asked for what I would call a contextual identifier, a friend affiliation, the neighborhood you live in, the sports teams you root for, schools, so on and so on. You're not a kid forever, though. And some years later, you'll transition into a much different stage of life. The school days are long gone. The real world closes in and begins to take a hold of you. And you become an adult. You may have a serious job. A job with a title and an office and an expense account. You won't know when or how or why, but it will happen to you. You'll find yourself in a networking event for your job or at your place of worship or at a neighborhood barbecue. And you'll start to hear a pattern emerge. Hey Brian, nice to meet you. So what do you do for a living? That question of what you do for a living is the filter through which most adults understand you. And you know that deep down there's a piece of you that wants to say you're a transplant from Indiana that loves Motley Crue and Vodka on the Rocks, but you don't. And you fall into the trap. Inexorably, you start talking about your job. You will have labels placed upon you by others. The labels, if you are not careful, will come to define you if you let it happen. So always remember, labels are for other people, not for you. The world can be very abrupt. It's messy, it's complicated, and sometimes there is so much noise going on in your life that you wake up one day and find yourself in a place that you don't recognize. Somehow, you wandered from your passion into a professional situation that does not square with your creative interests. That can lead to a lot of internal conflict. It's like you are out of step with yourself, out of sync. For me, that used to be what I experienced in the legal profession, but I found a way to reconcile my two minds into a single stream, which I'll explain in a minute. Until you find your key for doing that, being out of sync with yourself can lead to a lot of stress and a lot of problems physically and psychologically. So keep this in mind. The pressure you feel are not external forces against you. The pressure you feel is you versus yourself, you fighting against what you really want. Why is this an important realization? It's important because realizing this puts you in the driver's seat. You are in charge of your own professional life and creative life. And once you realize that you are in charge, you can create your own professional reality. At some point, you're going to face a choice, and it'll be a big one. Once or twice in your life, a situation will develop where you will find yourself thrown in with people who may hold you back. They don't understand you or they don't understand what makes you tick. People in your situation may hold you back professionally, they may hold you back psychologically, or they may hold you back artistically. You cannot please everyone, nor should you attempt to. Coming to terms with that is part of growing up, part of growing wiser. Some people will simply not understand you, and that's okay. So how will you know when you're in one of these once- or twice-in-a-lifetime circumstances? You'll know. You'll feel trapped in a professional setting that's not of your choosing. If you believe in your gut that your professional setting is holding you back, professionally or artistically, then in your mind, you have to return to that place of your passion, your excitement, and the thing that makes you want to get out of bed in the morning. You should take that hard left turn that no one expects you to take to get you to that place. You grab the wheel, you hit the gas, and you turn the wheel hard to the left and go like hell. Go see what's over the horizon. You'll enjoy the ride. For me, this meant letting others in my professional circles in on how central a role music and the arts play in my life. It also meant pursuing musical opportunities as hard as I could, as hard as I pursued my legal career. It meant returning to a disciplined practice schedule, which is not an easy thing for an old guy like me to do. It takes a lot of energy. We all have other obligations in life. We may have family obligations or work obligations or volunteer organizations that place extra demands on our time. So to carve out time to pursue your craft takes a lot of discipline. Letting the creative side of my mind run free had some interesting and rewarding outcomes. First, artistically, I connected with some really great musicians and we started gigging around the Lehigh Valley area of Pennsylvania. Then we decided to make some recordings. Those recordings turned out better than I could have ever expected. The band started gigging in New York City, and for jazz artists, New York City is the center of the universe. The New York gigs went well enough that we landed a residency in Midtown Manhattan. The record we made got submitted and accepted for consideration for the 2015 Grammys. I myself became a Grammy voter after that. Now, why do I mention all of this? None of this would have happened if I simply did what was expected of me. I was energized by all of this, and suddenly I started to wonder how this could all help my legal practice. How could my creative side help my professional side? Suddenly it became very clear to me that none of the artists, filmmakers, musicians, or recording studios that I was friendly with had much legal help. Many used competitors from New York, or Philadelphia, and that became a mission of mine to build an entertainment law practice in what I saw was an underserved market. There were filmmakers, recording artists, actors, and arts organizations right in Allentown, where my office was, and elsewhere in the surrounding area that had no legal representation whatsoever. They were right under my nose for years, and I didn't see it because I was following the expected path. As word traveled, Actors, filmmakers, and producers and other musicians started to contact me, and a whole new professional world opened up. None of this would have happened if I simply did what was expected of me. What I've learned is that both sides of your mind aren't polar opposites, they can work together. One side of your mind can inform the other. The creative mind informs and energizes the professional mind. This was, in part, what led me to launch the Allentown Jazz Festival, and also my own solo law practice catering to the needs of the creative industries. And those stories will be told in later episodes. If you are like me, I promise you this. When you can channel both sides of your mind into one single stream, you will become a force, and you'll be able to create your own professional and creative reality, which others will have no choice but to accept. On this podcast, we will explore the worlds of the arts, commerce, and the law, and where they all intersect. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, or you can visit me on the web at creativeconfidential.net. Thanks for listening. See you on the next episode.
0: Thanks for listening to Creative Confidential with Brian Tuck. To have Brian consult for your arts organization, for public speaking engagements, or if you have legal matters you want to discuss... Contact him at TuckLaw.com. That's T-U-K-Law.com. For future episodes, please subscribe to Creative Confidential on iTunes or visit us at CreativeConfidential.net. This has been a Steve Mittman social media creation. creation. Steve Mittman, social socialmedia.com.